at first I was really surprised to run into another poet who lived in the same building, worked for the same company as me. And of course, I was really happy about that because, as you know, it can be kind of hard to find people who really want to do some poetry jam sessions. But I remember going to cafes and we'd order a coffee and give each other prompts and just banter, read what we wrote, get inspired. And it was it was really fun. A lot of good stuff came from that. And it, it was it was really great to do that in another country, right? Because we had both just arrived in Japan, right? Yeah. So yeah. it was it was nice to have that poetry connection too, with uh, with a friend. Yeah, I rem- remember very much the same way. I did in in the course of the three years I stayed in Osaka. I got to know find it was quite a large art scene uh poetry visual art music and things but uh, it was something i missed when i first arrived and um those uh writing sessions in cafes during that first year were kind of where everything else started but uh you're still in japan in uh, tokyo now and you go to Tell us about uh, traditional Japanese form and uh, something a bit more modern as well. Yeah, so uh, one of my favorite things, uh, uh, poetry being my favorite, but uh, I also love comedy. And one of my favorite things is uh, sinryu, which is basically humorous haiku. And unlike haiku, well, there's traditional haiku, which is the 575 and the... um, cutting line and then the uh, seasonal word right Mm -hmm. and then there's jiu-ritsu haiku which is more modern haiku in which you don't have to follow those rules or you follow as many as you like or disregard them but sinryu is uh, like jiu-ritsu haiku with a humorous twist where you don't have to follow the rules but you can if, if you like but it focuses more or tends to focus more on uh, the human experience. Mm-hmm. And that could be from whimsical all the way to sardonic and everything in between. And right when I discovered Sinryu, I also discovered uh, Jisei, which is uh, Japanese death haiku. And reading those, most many of them were very serious, of course, which is awesome. It's great. But I did notice uh, a few that were definitely Sinryu as well. So having experiencing a sinryu haiku was really really great for example there's one by Mori, morikias sennan who mm. uh, died in 1838 and he wrote uh bury me when i die beneath a wine barrel in a tavern with any luck the cask will leak so early on in my haiku journey i realized that humor can play a huge role in haiku and uh, I started reading more and more uh, Sinryu, and it's it's one of my favorite things. And, and of course, uh, Kobayashi Isa, who's one of the most famous haiku poets, he's well known for his wit and attention to small animals and bugs. And I would consider some of his that uh, some of his haiku to be Sinryu for sure. For example, "Don't worry, spiders. I keep house casually." Which is quite funny because he's saying, of course, that he's not going to kill them because he's lazy, 
but it's even funnier when you think about the fact that he was a, a Buddhist. So he's saying, I'm not going to kill you because I'm a Buddhist, but because I'm a little bit lazy. Yeah, and um, it was quite a social thing, writing these Senryu. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing I really enjoyed about learning more about them was the the Renga form was linked poems where people would uh, link their haiku one after the other. Um, but then they would also have kind of like uh, poet jam sessions like we did in Osaka, Yeah, where they would do haikai no Renga which was much more irreverent, lots of puns, and they just kind of let loose and use more humor in, in those renka, those linked haiku, which, uh, you know, Basho and uh, Kikaku and others would get together and have these little parties, uh, lots of rice wine as well. So I, I think that idea of social connection through poetry and especially not just serious poetry but also finding humorous poetry a great joy yeah yeah and uh have you got a few of your own you can share yeah um here's here's one hummingbirds aren't nearly as anxious as they seem and here's one i wrote for my my nephew having to wear glasses isn't depressing Anytime I want, I've got impressionism. <laughs> I know that's nice. They both just give you a different view of the world or part of the world, uh, very literally in the second case. Yeah, so my my nephew, Barry, he was upset about having the glasses. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote that scenario for him. And and ever since I've enjoyed it, like there's impressionism everywhere. I look Monet everywhere. So I enjoy that idea. And uh, one thing I've found is a, a nice exercise to do is just to uh, read through the newspaper and try to uh, uh, come up with a haiku or senryu uh, based on uh, stories in the news. So uh, a couple I've uh, written recently one about a couple who got married late in life he said i do at 81 he'd already done it and yeah, uh, another one about otters attacking people in singapore ouch a nasty nip these ankles aren't made of fish otter hooligans <laughs> Those are both awesome. And I think the the beauty of that is when, and that's the great thing about Sinryu, is that the puns, all these things uh, that aren't usually in regular haiku, you can go full throttle with them and lean into them. And it's another kind of joy that we can, you know, experience the otter hooligans, right? That's <laughs> yeah. nice. And I, and I, I think that's a great way to come up with Sinryu is just from everyday news, uh, things you find in the world. So I, I didn't write a, a political poem for quite some time. I was quite upset with the political landscape, but I was hiking in uh, Sequoia National Park uh, a few years ago. And I, I, 
out of the blue wound up writing a political sinew, which I could share. Thanks, Sequoia, for rescuing the color orange. Yeah, that really uh, brings together traditional haiku and the humor and satire of uh, Senyu. Yeah, and it came from a real place, like looking at those amazing giant trees really did calm me down and let me see it in a new light. And I think that's the great thing about humor and satire is we can use it to get through tough times, you know, so... I mean, uh, humor is definitely, I, I consider it one of the most important parts of the human experience, right? Yeah. And we're calling, recording this around Halloween. And you have a, another phenomenon which you might not think of as uh, poetry initially, but um, there's kind of a link uh, between that and uh, the scenery we've been discussing. Yeah. So, I actually discovered this a little too late in 2019. Uh, I read an article about uh, Jimmy Halloween, a Jimmy Halloween party, which was uh, an, an, an event and translated it means mundane Halloween, right? So the the impetus for this event was there. there's a Japanese website, kind of a quirky website called Daily Portal Z. And in 2014, they started doing this unique Halloween tradition for people who wanted to participate in Halloween, but were too embarrassed to go all out in witch or zombie costumes. As is well known, uh, Japanese culture tends to be more reserved. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think this was a beautiful adaptation of the cultural tradition of Halloween. And to be be clear, of, of course, Many Japanese people enjoy regular Halloween, like go yeah. to Shibuya tonight or tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be, uh, it's it's a really fun, fun time. And uh, there are a lot of Halloween parties in Japan. But so some people who are a little too shy to do the whole Halloween thing uh, wore funny understated costumes like a woman with glasses who drank a hot beverage or a guy who was too shy to yell bingo. Yeah. Things like that which are, are quite funny. So um, I could share a few others that I have seen that I really yeah. liked over yeah. the past couple of years. So some are, are culturally specific to Japan, like a person whose friends all went to the bathroom and it was their turn to sing at karaoke. Mm-hmm. Or a foreign tourist who accidentally bought doggy treats. Mm-hmm. I, I know I've been there. <laughs> yeah. Right. So uh, an overworked businesswoman doing a last minute assignment on the train platform (laughs) an interviewer who's a little too extra with the pens (laughs) and that guy who's definitely the grill master at a large barbecue (laughs) so um these parties people gather and some people will have signs to explain what their costume means because it's not clear from just looking at someone what they might be and some of the costumes are universal like a plane passenger who missed her chance to throw away her trash right (laughs) we've all been there right or that cashier who looks away as you enter your debit pin number (laughs) Uh, youtubers apologizing after backlash to one of their videos right 
it's more uh, recent. And then uh, a guy who can definitely tell the difference between good and bad coffee. Yeah, what I like uh, about a lot of those is they are things which are so obvious and everyday, you don't really notice them until someone points them out. And then you're like, yes, that's a thing. That's a part of modern life. And so these are kind of like visual senryu, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a senryu Halloween party, right? Which yeah. is, I think is incredible. And that's actually the as immediately when I saw these costumes, I was like, this is senryu. It struck me. I was like, this is maybe unintentional senryu, right? Yeah. Not considered that. But I, since that time, I, I've considered them senryu. Yeah, and uh, and I and I think it's uh, it's a poetry party. Mm -hmm. I think it really is. So I, I I was too late to do the, the that first year, but to go to a party. But I came up. My first one that I ever came up with was uh, I'm a, I'm quite a big guy, as you know, and sometimes I run into certain issues being tall and being heavier. So my first one was man worried. The elevator will buzz if he gets on, <laughs> which happens more frequently than you might think. So I kind of, I've got my sign, of course, in regular clothes, but my movements would be like, kind of like hesitant, like looking at it, like my hands are out back and forth, like, uh, I don't know. Right. So I enjoyed that. And then last year, my Jimmy Halloween costume, Sinryu, was man trying to remember Nandake. And Nandake is like, as you know, like, uh, oh, what, what was that? Like trying to remember something, right? So I'm trying to remember That's the word like, Nandake, right? Um, uh, kind of thing in, in English. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, it's, it's just a good time to sit around and think about funny little things in everyday life that you can, you know, that would be a yeah. cost. And uh, once you're tuned into this idea you start to see these things yourself and i thought of one um just before we started recording actually at breakfast person who pours the milk on their cereal too early yeah yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good one yeah mm -hmm. yeah it's the you know everyday stuff you can you can find it right and that makes it it makes life you know it's poetry so Makes life great. I, I will say that it has been interesting with uh, how Jimmy Halloween costumes uh, over the past couple of years have reflected the beleaguered zeitgeist we find ourselves in due to the pandemic. A couple of those are a person working remotely whose family member is calling out to them during a Zoom call. <laughs> Everybody's been yeah. there, right? Yeah. Working from home. Right? Or, uh, person who tried to remove their mask but their glasses came off too right yeah <laughs> I, I actually laughed a lot of that one because that i've got glasses and that happens yeah daily it seems like right or a office worker who forgot they were wearing a mask and took a sip of coffee so i, I think especially in dark times you know sinu can help help us a lot you know yeah, and uh, so you've got an idea for an exercise, I think, which kind of brings the two things together. Yeah, yeah. So I was I was thinking about 
Jimmy Halloween and how it's definitely, uh, in my opinion, Sinryu, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I came up with, I wanted to put Halloween back into it a little bit and kind of give it a different twist. So the, I guess the idea would be spooky Jamie Halloween Sinryu or spooky mundane Halloween Sinryu. So here's that poem. Do you hear that? That sound? It's the drip, drip, drip of drip coffee. <laughs> yeah, I like the uh, build up and anticlimax of that. <laughs> yeah, so so it, it goes from spooky to mundane, right? Yeah. Is is the shift you you can try to do that with? And I mean, this is Halloween uh, scenario, so we try to go spooky, but you could do that with any any kind of um, idea. Really, go from something to mundane. It could be very serious to mundane, or however you want to do it, but. For the spooky Jimmy Halloween scenario, that's what I recommended. It's I'm trying to write some more of them. It's pretty fun. People want to give it a try. Yeah, uh, please try writing some, share them. There, you can email them, of course, but also very easy to share on Twitter uh, and so on because they're short. You can share photos of Jimmy Halloween costumes as well, even. Um, so yeah, do get involved. So um, what else are you doing at the moment, poetry-wise? I'm putting together a, a collection, I think, in both haiku, sinryu, and free verse. And so I'm, I'm busy with that and trying to figure out how exactly I'm going to mm -hmm. do that. But um, I find that I've, I've been writing longer poems recently. But in terms of my poetics, I, I think... It, it, I think other people might enjoy this uh, passage from Maurice Blanchot, the, the critic who was writing uh, about Mallarmé's poetry. It says, poetry does not respond to the appeal of material objects. Its function is not to preserve them by naming them. On the contrary, poetry is the wonder of transposing a fact of nature and its quivering near disappearance. Chance will be held at bay by the book when language, taken to the limit of possibility and opposing the concrete substantiality of individual objects, reveals nothing but the system of correspondence active in all things. Poetry is then like music, reduced to its silent essence, a progression and unfolding of pure current correspondence, pure mobility. So I find that that's really shaped my poetics in terms of uh, just finding all the different nodes of meaning and how they interact. And just you can go from comedy to seriousness or vice versa. and all the different ways we can explore the human experience with with words right yeah there's uh, some nice <clears throat> lines in that uh was sort of music reduced to silence and things yeah 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 i would say that's my favorite expression of what what i'm what i'm trying to do with with my poetry 
Yeah. And uh, what about your writing process? Are there particular times you write or exercises or processes you use? Yeah, well, most recently I've been going back to your April event of the everyday write a poem. Yeah. Um, I, I did as many as I could during the, that month, but and they were really fun and it really got the creative juices flowing. So thanks again for that. But I, I, uh, I didn't have time to do every day. So I've been going back and using those as uh, a well to inspire new poems. And uh, in terms of time of day, sometimes I, I have to wake up and write down what I'm thinking before I go to bed mm-hmm. or else I'm not going to sleep very well. I don't know if that, if that happens to you too. I'm sure it happens to a lot of us. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. come at any time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, like, okay, well, I'm not going to sleep if I don't get this out. So uh, I find I write a lot at night, but we're actually moving uh, to Izu next week. And I kind of want to get into a Robertson Jeffers routine where he used to go down to the coast every day. He lived in California and he would write on the coast and be inspired by the coast. So I'm looking forward to doing that every morning. If I can wake up, we'll see how that happens. I've never been really a morning person, but I guess I could change that. But inspiration, I find, strikes a lot when I'm talking to people, right? Like you mentioned the newspaper and all these different ways we uh, experience the world. And talking to people, I find, really helps me write. Do you find that as well? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, just about tuning into the world and getting those ideas and perhaps noticing those little things which uh, you might not otherwise notice, as we were have been discussing with the haiku and senryu. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think poetry, in its in its essence, is noticing and observing and appreciating and celebrating. Like most of our lives is made up of small moments, right? So poetry is really a celebration of that experience that we we have in everyday life. Yeah, yeah. Have you got another senyu or poem or something we can finish with? Yeah. um, So uh, here's one I wrote a, a while back. My cat napping victoriously on the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> That's a great image to uh, close with, I think. Yeah, I think I think uh, finding whether, whether you turn it into a Jimmy Halloween costume or not, or a sinew that you share with others, I think uh, the, the beauty of poetry is really sharing experience with others, right? And mm-hmm enjoying that 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 wonderful happiness that poetry gives us <laughs>